Hello everyone, I'm Matthew Delvedova and this is The Delhi Podcast. The show features people I find interesting in the world of sports and entertainment, health and fitness, business and startups. We'll discuss a wide range of topics including things like self-improvement and growth, personal journeys, pivotal career moments and much more. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Remember, if you enjoy this content, be sure to subscribe to the Daily Podcast on Apple or wherever else you listen to your podcast. All right, let's get started. Okay, I'm very excited for my next guest, Ezzy Magbagor, uh, a rookie in the WNBA for the Seattle Storm, who is an Australian. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on the show, Daly. Yeah, so how, how are things going in the, in the bubble down there? Um, things going well, I think, you know, coming in, I don't think we, you know, like a lot of us knew what to expect. Um, I think it's, it's quite new and no one's ever been in this environment before, but you know, the season's gone so quickly already. We've only got three games of the regular season left. Um, but yeah, this, it's kind of become the new normal, like kind of just, you know, biking to practice each morning, just going over to the hotel to get meals. And, but yeah, it's gone really quickly and just looking forward to, you know, post-season, um, post-regular season the playoffs yeah and and you guys are sitting in a great position right now Mm -hmm. uh on top of the ladder 19 and 3 um you know what what are you guys trying to do um you know in these last three or four games before the playoffs start um just continue on and kind of just build that momentum leading into playoffs so just finishing strong and just I guess treating these last few games as playoff games because they're still quite important um you know we do want to finish that in that top spot um because it it counts um you know if you finish top two you get that you go straight to semi-finals so you miss that elimination round um so that's what we're just going to try to do for these last three games yeah yeah no that's awesome and then if we wind back the clock uh all the way to when you you first started playing basketball how how did you first get a ball in your hands and and where did you grow up playing um yeah so i've got three siblings so two older and one younger um and it was my older sister that started playing basketball first so her um singing teacher at our primary school um venice she owned Um, like a domestic club at Coburg Basketball Stadium and so my sister started playing and then my older brother started playing and I guess you know as younger siblings do they kind of want to copy everything their siblings do so um, I started playing and I started on a mixed under eight team with my younger brother I mean sorry older brother Um, so I think it started off there was like four or five girls on the team initially and then they all kind of quit like halfway through the season I was like the only girl on the team with a team full of boys. So never got past the ball. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of deflating. But um, it was fun. And I kind of just, you know, stuck with it. I wasn't, you know, great at it immediately. I kind of had to find my feet and, you know, find that coordination, being kind of tall and lanky. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of sort of how I started and got into it. And then continued on and, I guess, um, started playing rep for COVID giants as well um so down in victoria and yeah that's kind of sort of how i got into it yeah your, your brother wasn't taking care of you with with some passes on the pick and roll no he he would be the last person to do that he'd see me <laughs> down the court and just go straight past me <laughs> oh man that, that's tough and then do, did you play <laughs> other sports growing up or was basketball always your main sport 
basketball was always like the main sport. I, because um, I was born in New Zealand, so I played soccer in New Zealand, but I was four, so I think I played for one season. And then in Melbourne, I played tennis as well, just did tennis lessons. But it came to a point where I kind of had to choose between basketball and tennis. So, um, yeah, at an early age, I just, you know, chose basketball and kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I played a little bit of tennis growing up as well. And, oh, did you? Uh, yeah, I think uh, oh. Gordon Haywood uh, is a really oh, good yeah. tennis player as well. And oh, okay. do, you, do you think there's any carryover between some of the, the footwork, I guess, of tennis and the angles of yeah. that to, to how you play basketball now? Yeah, I kind of do. I think kind of just like the footwork, like kind of fast feet, kind of being on your toes all the time. And Jewel Lloyd, who's actually um, a teammate of mine on uh, the Storm, she played tennis growing up. So she does um, like a few tennis drills kind of before practice or after practice that kind of just just work in with like basketball, um, you know, skills. So kind of footwork, just, you know, moving across the court and everything. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely do think they carry over a little bit. Yeah, no, that's cool. Have you had a chance to challenge her? Is there any tennis courts down there on an off day to uh, have a hit? There's definitely plenty of tennis courts, but we haven't had a hit yet. And she just got um, a couple of tennis rackets. So hopefully on our next day off, we'll kind of get down there if the weather's good. Early morning, so it's not too hot. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely challenge her. No, that's cool. And then um, I, I know you went to the Australian Institute of Sport where... Uh, a lot of Australian basketballs come through. Can you talk about how, um, I guess, you got invited for a scholarship there and what you thought uh, when you first heard about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, a lot of kind of Australian athletes kind of aim to go there. And that was kind of where I wanted to go in terms of, you know, developing my game. And I think that was kind of the best place to be. Um, but sort of how I got, I guess, offered a scholarship, I... Um, you know, played for Coburg and then you get, you kind of get selected for your state teams, obviously, like you did. So you played for Victoria. Um, so yeah, I got selected. <laughs> oh, a bit country, right. Yeah, yeah. Big metro for me. So oh. yeah, don't know if I can talk to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I made my first uh, state team top age under 16. And I guess like at those tournaments, um, the AIS coach, Paul Goris, he was there and Kristen Veal was there and they kind of, you know, needed new scholarship holders. So they um, selected four of us. Um, so myself and three other girls my age. And we kind of had to have like a selection process. So we went up to the Institute um, to train with under 19 girls and then kind of they picked two from there. Um, but like the week before I was meant to go up there, I um, was doing school athletics and I was running in like a 200 meter race. And it was like such a miserable day, like it was pouring down rain. And I kind of like was running, it was like a freak kind of freak accident. And I was running and halfway through the race, my hip kind of like popped out. And so I didn't end up training that um, selection process, but I was so like upset. I was like um, telling dad, like, can you call them and see if I can still come? And, you know, they still wanted me there. So I hopped on the plane and kind of just you know, hung around and kind of saw the facilities and everything. Um, so I was lucky I still got to go. Um, and yeah, they kind of still selected me, which I was super grateful for. Uh, me and another girl, Jasmine Simmons. And so yeah, that's kind of how I got into that. And then I was there for three years. And yeah, like I said earlier, it was probably the best 
place for me to be in terms of development because I, you know, I was still, you know, tall, pretty unco and yeah, just finding my skills a little bit. I think, yeah, that was definitely the right place for me to be. Yeah. yeah. Was it um, a tough decision to leave home at, I'm, I'm guessing, probably 16, 15 or 16 years yeah. old? Yeah, I was 15, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I don't think it was as hard as I thought it was going to be. I think I was, like, that's where I wanted to be. Like, as soon as I heard about it, I was like, that's where I want to go. And, you know, I was, I was pretty young, um, but that kind of wasn't a factor coming into my decision. I think more so for my parents, like mum was super like, you know, don't want, you know, I, I was the third um, oldest. So like, it was kind of weird me leaving home first, but um, you know, once they saw how excited I was, they kind of just jumped on board and yeah, just made the decision and kind of never, you know, looked back after that. Yeah, I think my parents felt the same way uh, yeah. at home early. They're, they're a little yeah. bit more upset than me. I was just yeah. excited to get up there and, and get yeah. You went when you were, 15 or? Uh, I went when I was 16 and had okay. two and a half years up there and yeah uh, just unbelievable experience and yeah to, to learn a lot of skills that carry over to today taking yeah. care of your body nutrition mm -hmm. uh, what, yeah. what are some things I guess that you learned in your time there that are still really helpful for you today yeah I think like you said just kind of taking care of your body and kind of doing um, you know, things on your own and kind of doing the off-court stuff as well and kind of just, um, I guess, like using that independence and not having to wait for someone to tell you what to do all the time um, is kind of helpful as well. With me too, I was like kind of always that, like a shy kid and quiet kid. So it kind of forced me to, I guess, come come out of my shell a little bit, which was something, you know, I've, I definitely needed. I don't think, you know, if I didn't go there, I probably would have still been and I'm still you know kind of shy but I definitely would have been more shy than I am now so I think you know it kind of forced me to you know be in those social environments and kind of just you know take you know that step and kind of not look um so yeah no that's awesome and then um can you talk about uh, I guess representing Australia in the under 17 world championships uh winning the gold medal and being named the MVP um, was, was that your first international competition and, and what were you thinking um, going into it? Yeah, um, so that was my second international competition. So I was um, selected for under 19 Worlds, so as a double bottom major oh, the wow. year before, um, where we won a um, bronze medal there. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think going to that tournament probably gave me a little bit more confidence and kind of Know, knowing what to expect in an international competition. But yeah, like I still say to this day, that was probably one of the best, um, you know, tournaments, you know, both on and off the court, obviously, you know, winning the gold medal as well, but just the team that we had and, you know, the coaching staff, it kind of just made the whole experience that much better. Um, so yeah, we played the US in a um, practice match earlier in the week, like prior to the tournament starting and, we lost by 17, um, but it was kind of like a close game up until the third quarter. So I kind of think playing that game kind of gave us a bit of confidence. Like we were like, um, you know, we, we can beat them. And I think that's, it kind of helped us going into that semi-final against them. And then I guess, you know, US, they're always a team to beat. So just beating them in that semi-final and then um, playing Italy in the gold medal match was awesome. And Australia hadn't ever won a medal 
um, at an under 17s tournament before. So, yeah, that was the first one. And then I guess just, yeah, to win MVP was pretty cool as well. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome experience and, and to be a part of. And uh, I guess after that, you would have had a lot of uh, interest in you, either for playing college in the US or um, playing in the WNBL in Australia. Can you talk about, um, and you ended up deciding to, to go pro in Australia and, and play in the WNBL. Can you talk about what you kind of weighed up uh, when you were making that decision? Yeah, um, so I think like soon after that tournament, I I got a lot of like interest from US colleges um, and they kind of started, you know, starting that recruitment process. Um, so for the next two, three years. Um, so yeah, it was always gonna, I was always gonna have to make a decision whether I wanted to stay in um, Australia and play WNBL or go over to college. And, you know, with me, I'm pretty bad at making, you know, decisions. I leave them last minute, so that's kind of, what I did, but I definitely wanted to weigh up, you know, the pros, the cons, um, and kind of what would be best for me. So um, I still went on college visits. So I visited UCLA and um, UConn, University of Connecticut as well, because I still wanted to, you know, see what it was like um, and kind of just get myself like all the exposure that I could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I decided to stay um, in Australia and play in the WNBL and you know, become a professional. And I think the thing for me was just being able to train and play against, you know, professionals every day and kind of just work on my game. And, you know, I'm still studying at the moment. So being able to do that as well. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely was a hard decision because pretty much like everyone in my year kind of went to college. Um, so yeah, it was a hard decision, but I'm yeah glad I kind of stayed and, um, yeah, stayed in Australia. Yeah, I mean, it's worked out uh, pretty well for you so far. Yeah. What What were some of the adjustments you had to make or things you had to learn um, transitioning from the junior competition to playing against professionals? Um, I think definitely the physicality of the game. Um, you know, I definitely had to, you know, get in the gym and kind of put on a bit of, you know, muscle and to be able to compete with the other players, um, you know, the post players in the WNBL are quite strong and then even coming into the WNBA they're even I think that was probably a big um, adjustment that I had to make yeah. um, and obviously being being a junior I was pretty much the tallest um, out of you know, the opponents that I played against but coming into you know the professional side of things it's like you know six foot four isn't that tall for a post player anymore so how to counter that and using like my speed I guess and um yeah just learning how to counter that and using kind of other things to go against the stronger yeah yeah no that that's cool and then um can you talk about uh the, I guess the anticipation you were feeling on on draft night um mm -hmm. did you expect to get picked uh at number 12 by Seattle or what, what were your thoughts like going into draft night? Um, I was very nervous. That was definitely the feeling, kind of like the underlying feeling. But um, I guess it was, you know, with draft, draft day, you know, never know what to expect. Um, but I'd spoken to um, Coach Dan, who's the he uh, head coach of Seattle the night before and kind of, 
just you know spoke to them and you know they said that they were interested but you know I didn't know if they were gonna you know pick me at 12 or pick me at all so I kind of just went in with a lot of nerves and I was with um, you know Bruce, um, Mary and my parents as well and I think they were kind of just you know feeling like my energy as well because I was like super nervous and mum and dad kept looking at me and um, but yeah it kind of just went through one through 11 and I was just like sitting there like kind of waiting um, you know fidgeting and and then uh, my name was called at 12 and I think like as soon as you know everyone saw that I was kind of relieved and calm they could they could kind of celebrate as well um, but yeah it was just it was an unreal experience just you know hearing my name called um, and to be drafted to a team like Seattle too was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think there's, uh, well, there is a great video on social media of uh, yeah. that moment. So people have to go and check that out. It's it's a, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool to see. And then I guess going to, to Seattle Storm where, um, you know, they've had a lot of success winning multiple championships and have a rich Aussie history, um, obviously with Lauren Jackson. And, and they currently have one of your Opals teammates there Sammy Whitcomb how has that helped your transition uh, during your rookie season yeah it's definitely helped a lot I think you know obviously like you said has had a history of having Australians on the team and I think I haven't get, had the chance to experience it yet but the fans really kind of get around Australians um, so that's something I was looking forward to you know being a part of but yeah it's definitely made that transition a lot easier you know like um, Lauren's spoken so highly about the organization um, you know both on and off the court and then obviously um, you know Jenna O'Hay playing at Seattle and obviously Sammy now so I kind of got you know inside of the team before I came over which is super helpful um, and then to have Sammy here um, kind of somewhere before I you know flew over here was um, you know it definitely settled the nerves a little bit um, yeah. But yeah, it's great to have that history of Australian females and just to see what they've done kind of paves the way for me to be here. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then how how do you balance, um, I guess, playing multiple seasons uh, like with the WNBA in the US, the WNBL in Australia, and then the Opals, um, you know, in international competitions? How hard is it to to schedule all that out and and plan ahead yeah I think for a lot of us it's kind of become you know the new normal I think so many um female basketballs have to go you know from season to season kind of just normal for us um but in terms of like just scheduling I guess like commitments and national team camps that's been kind of difficult to get everyone in the one spot like at one time Mm -hmm. um so you know we plan when we can and try and I guess you know take into account everyone's schedules but it's quite tough um and kind of tough on the body as well you know um just going you know from season to season and they're pretty much straight after each other and then you know if we have like a two-week break during a season that's kind of when our Opals camps are um but yeah like I said it's kind of become normal because I've been doing it for the last um, two three years so I think you know at the start it was quite difficult um, just hard to adjust to just going like two a days and everyone would be like as you're young you know you can keep going and I'm like okay <laughs> like I mean if you say so um, but yeah I've definitely gotten used to it now
yeah what what do you i guess like doing to take care of your body when you are playing back-to-back seasons and then national team camps what do you find helps the most with taking care of your body yeah I think just you know obviously getting in the weight room um kind of just doing you know prehab exercises so I know I do a lot of things um for my back um, lower back and stuff and just kind of work on you know like Pilates movements and everything like that so I think that's kind of important for me um in order to keep my body right for the next season um but yeah just doing the you know little things like eating right just recovering right um and you know you really utilize days off because you know you don't get many of them especially in a season like this um so just really looking at ask yourself um away from basketball as well yeah yeah no that it's uh it's great that you've already got that at uh how old are you now 20 or 21 21 yeah 21 21 yeah you should be playing for a long time if you're you're doing all that already so that hopefully yeah um and then can you talk about uh representing the opals for the first time and uh, Mm -hmm. i'm guessing playing with people you would have looked up to um can you just talk about going into your first training camp um Mm -hmm. and how that feeling was yeah um so i think 2017 was when i first was selected for the Opal squad. Um, so I think that was a squad of 22, 24. And that first camp was um, held in Italy. Um, so that was pretty cool for a camp to be. Um, it was quite a long camp, it was a week. So it was, yeah, it was quite tough. Um, and that was kind of the selection camp for the 2018 Commonwealth Games, which are in the Gold Coast. Um, so yeah, after that camp, I got the phone call at the airport from Sandy Bondello, our head coach, and I was on the way to my college visit. So I was um, at the airport with mum and dad and um, Sandy called, because I was waiting for her call, you know, to say whether I made the team or didn't make the team. And I think like they did on draft um, day, mum and dad were kind of just reading, trying to read my face while I was on the phone, kind of seeing if it was good news or bad news. And yeah, um, Sandy let me know I was selected for the team. Um, so I was really excited about that because, you know, Commonwealth Games, having it in the Gold Coast in front of a home, home crowd, um, just, yeah, I was super excited for that, to represent Australia for the first time. And see, so yeah, that was my first um, team, like squad and team selection. Um, but yeah, Commonwealth Games was awesome. Just being surrounded by, you know, people that I've been watching on TV, um, you know, and just looked up to so much. So to be a part of that was something, you know, that I didn't expect to achieve at such a young age, but I'm, yeah, super glad that I got to experience that. Yeah. And then can you talk about uh, winning the silver medal at the World Mm -hmm. Cup uh, later that year? And uh, also, I guess, what, you know, the goals are for the Opals, um, hopefully heading into Tokyo in in 2021 now. Yeah. So later that year, we had uh, the World Cup in Spain. Um, And yeah, we won the silver medal there. And yeah, that was a a great experience as well. And just to get away and kind of just represent Australia, um, I guess outside of the country was another experience in itself. 
Um, but yeah, we played Spain in our semi-final. So they're the home team. So the crowd was insane, like just so loud. And it was just such an intense game. And I think like every time the Opals get together, we kind of relive like the last four minutes of that game because Kayla, um, Kayla George, she hit like a big corner three. And every time they play that shot, like we all get goosebumps because it was um, kind of the shot that kind of solidified the win. Um, but yeah, that was just like a great experience. And to play the USA in the gold medal match was, you know, pretty amazing to play against, you know, the, um, you know, Sue Bird, like Dana Tarasi, kind of getting my first like experience to play against those WNBA players. Um, but yeah, I think meddling at any, you know, World Cup um, Olympic like competition is quite tough. So to win a silver medal, um, you know, we were pretty proud with that um, and just hoping to continuing that to um, the future and hopefully 2021 Olympics um, if that goes ahead. But I think, you know, a lot of things have been put on hold or have been cancelled at the moment. Um, so those qualifying tournaments that we kind of um, have been having. So we have like windows in November, um, February. Um, so yeah, just kind of trying to plan on when like the Opals can get together um, at different times because it's not as easy to get together at times like this. Yeah, no, that that's definitely understandable. And I guess having that experience um, playing in the World Cup uh, against a lot of other WNBA players and then playing against the US who has, you know, a team full of superstars. How has that helped your, I guess, confidence level heading into your rookie season, knowing that you've already competed against the best of the best on, on the world stage? Yeah, for sure. Um, it definitely helped, I think, I guess, kind of prepare me for what, you know, would be the kind of competition in the WNBA. Um, so it gave me like, you know, a little bit of exposure to that and, um, you know, prepare me a little bit of what to expect. But obviously, you know, coming over here, there's so many more players than I guess the 12 that um, I played against. Um, so yeah, it definitely kind of gave me confidence, like a little bit of confidence, but still coming in here, it was like, well, like, you know, playing against WNBA players, um, you know, so skilled and just having kind of to adjust on the fly. Um, I think, you know, the first few days of training camp were quite tough, um, just adjusting and kind of getting my shot blocked all the time by Brianna Stewart. So, just kind of, um, yeah, like I said, just adjusting on the fly and just, you know, playing different teams. Um, you know, obviously they have different players, kind of adjusting to different tendencies as well. Yeah, well, go, going against uh, Brianna Stewart in practice is only going to help you when you're competing against other teams, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then you, you mentioned it earlier um, that you're studying as well. Um, mm -hmm. So in... Obviously, you're busy with basketball and, you know, have heavy practice games and taking care of your body and doing mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Can you talk about how you manage to, to fit the study in and keep a schedule and, and what you're studying yeah. right now? Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently studying psychology um, at Deakin University and I have a year and a half to go. So... I've been, yeah, I've been doing it for the last three years, so it's kind of, you know, become normal. And I've kind of got into schedule a little bit. Um, 
but yeah I think just that we kind of have a lot of spare time you know we go to practice um you know get tested every day um and then kind of have our game so in those you know spare moments I kind of just try and watch uh lectures that have been recorded or trying you know get a bit of study in um but yeah it's kind of hard not to like procrastinate a little bit um <laughs> but yeah I think it's it's great, kind of good that I have something to do like away from basketball um and kind of just keep me busy during those uh spare during that spare time um but we just got our exam schedule uh a couple of weeks ago and they my exams kind of coincide with the final series so if we go to game five like I've got one exam that night the night before so hopefully he doesn't have to go to game five but yeah <laughs> we, so. we might have to to talk to Deacon and see if they can give you a couple yeah. day extension on that one yeah uh, hopefully yeah I'm sure they'll, they're pretty you know lenient and super helpful so hopefully I'll just reach out and see what they can do yeah yeah no and then what got you interested in studying psychology that that's what I got my degree in at St. Mary's yeah. and I, I found it really interesting what got yeah. you first interested in it um so I studied it in year 11 and 12 um at high school and kind of you know just loved it as soon as I started that and I actually decided to study commerce um law and commerce first at Deakin and just study that out of convenience like I thought you know it was a great degree to have and I kind of got halfway through the trimester and was like this isn't what I want to do like I've always enjoyed psychology and kind of wanted to stick with that so I um, transferred to psychology and kind of just yeah stuck with that ever since and I absolutely love it like it I find it so interesting um, and you know those subjects that you get to study they're kind of you know relevant um for everyday life and kind of like just relationships on and off the court and stuff so yeah I find it you know super relevant and hopefully I you know can get through this undergrad and just yeah get it done yeah no that's awesome and then um obviously you're you're young and you're taking great care of your body so you're going to be able to play for a long time but what would you like to do when you're finished playing would it be something with the psychology degree yeah definitely I am like interested in like child psychology or obviously playing sport sports psych is interesting as well um but I'm hoping to do like post-grad study while I'm still playing basketball so once I do finish my basketball career hopefully a long time down the track but I um, yeah, once that finishes, hopefully I can make that transition into, um, you know, hopefully becoming a psychologist. Um, so that's kind of what I do with that degree. Very cool. And then when you do it like a postgraduate degree, is that mm -hmm. when you specialize more and, and have to do your own research? How does that work? Yeah, so that's when you kind of specialize. But before that, you have to do um, your master's first and then kind of like um, an internship for two years and then so it's a lot and then you kind of get to specialize um, but yeah with postgrad uh, Deacon's really good with all of that so they have like a bunch of researchers at the moment so I think in fourth year which is what I'll be doing next year they kind of try and expose you to what you're interested in um, so hopefully I get you know that exposure to more 
um, you know, like child psychology research or sports psych. And I think, like I said, it helps kind of being a professional athlete, just exposing myself to that um, sporting environment as well. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm excited to to hear what you end up doing with that. Um, And then I I was going through, uh, I think it was your Twitter uh, before this, um, and you've done some work with Helping Hoops, the the basketball charity in Melbourne. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I um, was kind of... you know, always kind of interested in that, but I got the chance to be a part of that through um, Nike. So, um, yeah, helping hoops, you know, it's a great kind of charity and it kind of just helps, you know, people kind of just have something to do on a Monday, Tuesday, you know, weekday after school and kind of exposes, um, you know, them to basketball and kind of, you know, keeps them active. Um, So that's something that I, you know, love to be a part of especially within like the African community in Melbourne. Um, so yeah, I've been down there a few times, but yeah, hoping to get there again once I get down in Melbourne. Um, but yeah, something I'm very passionate about. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And then um, you mentioned one of your sponsors, Nike, and um, you're also sponsored by Sporting, who I am as well. And I really enjoy working with them and we've done a lot of cool activations. Yeah. Uh, I've got to give Bruce and Mary a shout out as well. Yeah. But um, what, uh, I guess, do you look for when, when partnering with a sponsor and, and what do you like to do when you do different activations? Yeah, I think just with all sponsors, I think just really looking for, I guess, something, you know, genuine and something that will kind of represent um, the individual so being asked uh, the athletes kind of well and kind of just you know they um, kind of appreciate your input as well so I think with Spalding they do like a great job of that just you know getting input from you and kind of like what you want to do and they kind of just support that so I think yeah signing um, and just being a Spalding ambassador was kind of a no-brainer with that um, and they've you know been great so I'm hoping to do you know, more things when I get in um, back to Australia, hopefully, and kind of when, you know, COVID kind of dies down a little bit too. Um, but yeah, just looking to form kind of genuine relationships with brands. That's kind of what I look for. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, I, I know it's tough since, yeah, you can't obviously do a lot of in-person stuff right now, but I saw yeah. uh, the drills you filmed for them, uh, which hopefully, you know, are keeping the kids going and giving them something yeah. to do with the with the lockdowns right now. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And um, Bruce has told me you're, you're a big reader as well. Uh, what, what types yeah. of books do you like to read? And do you have a favorite one or one you'd recommend? Um, yeah, my favorite kind of genre to read is kind of just anything romance. I'm kind of like, just love all of that stuff. So, but I've gotten into those, um, you know, like kind of self-help books lately. So, um, Bruce actually recommended the 5am club by Robin Sharma to me. I just started reading that. Um, and I just read the monk who sold his Ferrari to who's by the same author. So kind of at the moment kind of into those self-help books I think just you know I've got there's a lot of downtime at the moment so kind of just utilizing that and kind of just reading those um 
but I think favorite author is um, John Green. So that was kind of like the first few books that I read by him. Um, yeah, definitely recommend The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And there's another book, I don't know, you may have read it, um, Chop Wood, Carry Water. Yeah. Have you read that one? Yeah, yeah. No, I've read that one. I haven't read yeah. the other two, so I'll have to check those ones out. Okay. Okay, yeah. But yeah, I read Chop Wood, Carry Water a couple of weeks ago. That was recommended to me by a friend and loved it. So yeah, so that's kind of what I'm reading at the moment. But if you have any good recommendations, I'm definitely open to them as well. Uh one of my favorite ones uh, is uh, Open by Andre Agassi. Uh, okay. Yeah, it kind of goes into some of his, um, you know, off the court stuff and yeah. different challenges he had. And um, so probably check that one out. But it sounds like okay, you've had cool. a very productive time uh, in the <laughs> bubble so far between studying, reading books, having, uh, you know, been on the team top of the standings. Yeah, trying to, trying to stay, you know, successful, hopefully. Yeah. And then uh, last one, what, I guess, plans or goals do you have uh, for the future? Um, yeah, I always, not, I don't, this is a question I always try and avoid when people ask, um, especially like with off-court stuff. But yeah. um, I think with basketball, obviously, probably the number one goal was, you know, you know playing the WNBA and obviously, I'm able to do that now, but just to, you know, to continue to improve my game and development um, because I, you know, still think I have a long way to go with that. And with, you know, the player that I see myself being, I kind of just, you know, have to keep improving, keep developing. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, hopefully going to my first Olympics, um, you know, next year, hopefully, and just, yeah, representing Australia at hopefully more Olympics as well. Um, and then just continuing to have a prolonged basketball career, um, you know, overseas as well, and then in the WNBL as well. So, and I think with, um, you know, off-court stuff, just, you know, finishing my psychology degree and just hopefully, you know, exposing myself to more, um, you know, research over the next few years while I'm still studying. Um, and yeah, that's kind of sort of my goals at the moment. Uh, that sounds like, like a great plan. Ezzy, thanks for coming on. Really enjoyed it and uh, excited to, to follow your career. Thanks, Sally. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. I'd love to hear what you think of this episode as I'm always looking for ways to improve and make the show even better. You can leave a review at the Delhi podcast in iTunes or within Apple's podcast app. Really appreciate your feedback. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever else you tune in to listen. Talk to you next week.